Hello and welcome to our International Coffee Break podcast and a very belated Happy New Year to you all. I'm Anna Elliott and I'm a partner in our international employment team based in the UK. I'm delighted to be joined today by Stefano from our Milan office and Victoria from our Cologne office. Welcome both. Across our international practice, we are continuing to see a broad range of issues as employers adapt to new ways of working alongside responding to evolving diversity and environmental pressures. I'll start by running through what I see as the key issues for the UK, um, but inevitably there will be common issues across our jurisdictions. So it'll be great to hear how these are reflected in the work that you're doing in Italy, Stefano, and um, in Germany, Victoria, and how your clients are responding to them. So kicking off with the UK, the cost of living pressures in the UK, which I know your clients will be facing too, are driving industrial action, predominantly impacting our public services. However, private sector employers are also starting to be impacted, either through threatened action, such as with pay negotiations, or the consequences of this disruption. For example, through employees facing difficulties accessing healthcare or with traveling to and from work. The government is seeking to mitigate the effects of this through legislative reforms, but this will take time. And in the meantime, we are seeing employers looking for ways to support employees with cost of living more generally and practical measures we have seen adopted include things such as pay increases, one-off cost of living support payments, increased flexibility, working from home, buyback of holiday, and other initiatives to support mental health and well-being more generally. With businesses increasingly facing their own challenges, this will put pressure on employee support initiatives, and we might see some sort of frozen or with or with some support frozen or withdrawn as costs come under more scrutiny. Of course, there's always a difficult balance to be struck as the less invested into employee well-being, the greater the risk of grievances, sickness, absence and employment tribunal claims, as we all quite well know. Continuing on the theme of well-being, there are currently a number of proposed legislative reforms progressing through Parliament, including a proposal to make the right to request flexible working available from the first day of employment. Flexibility remains high on most employees' list of requirements for employment, and many businesses are still settling into the new ways of working through hybrid models or more substantive moves to home working. For those offering less flexibility, discrimination risks and formal requests for flexible working are on the increase, and we have seen this reflected in a number of recent employment tribunal claims and individual grievances. Age-related issues are also coming to the fore in the UK, both in terms of employers looking at ways to support and attract older workers through supportive benefits and greater flexibility, and the cost of living crisis is impacting this too, with many being forced back into work. Age-related claims are on the rise, and we anticipate this continuing for both younger and also older workers, challenging age or service-related benefits and inequalities in redundancy and other dismissal processes, as well as during the recruitment, promotion and performance management processes. So it's really potentially impacting the whole of the life cycle um, of, of the employment relationship. 
We're also continuing to see grievances and claims driven by emerging discrimination issues, such as neurodivergence, menopause, conflicting benefits and positive action that has strayed into positive discrimination. With the difficult economic climate looking set to continue and potentially worsen over the coming, coming year, we expect redundancies will be prevalent, a prevalent theme as companies restructure and anticipate seeing more collective and individual claims in this respect. For example, for failure to properly collectively consult with employee representatives or where disputed changes are sought to terms and conditions of employment. We're also seeing changes to the way in which people now work, giving rise to new issues on redundancies. For example, determining where an employee's place of work is for the purposes of calculating whether collective consultation obligations are triggered and whether mobility clauses can be fairly exercised to change an employee's place of work. We're also waiting on the government response to the consultation on non-compete provisions that considered removing non-competes or requiring payment for their enforcement. This would be a very significant change if introduced, but in the meantime, we anticipate business protection challenges remaining as a pressure point for employers, particularly with higher levels of remote working, making monitoring um, and identifying potential risks uh, more difficult. So I've covered quite a lot there and it does feel like a significant amount of change um, for employers and it's not all doom and gloom. You know, I think there's also lots of exciting developments for employers um, this year too. Um, but moving outside of the UK um, into Germany, Victoria, can I ask what you're seeing as the key issues occupying your clients' agendas? Um, are you seeing some of those issues as well taking prevalence in Germany? Thank you, Anna. Yeah, in, in Germany, we actually have similar issues that impact the daily life of not only employers, but also employees. The increase of living costs is a relevant topic in Germany as well, due to the rising inflation, which approximately amounted 8.6% um, in December 2022 in Germany. Employees are facing a real challenge to afford their life and employers to maintain their business and the well-being of their employees. And therefore, the German government implemented the possibility for employers to pay a bonus to compensate a part of the consequences of the increase increasing inflation. But to be clear, this bonus is not a payment made by the government. It is up to the employer to grant it, and the payment is therefore voluntary. The difference to other regular bonuses is that until the end of 2024, employers are allowed to pay up to 3,000 euros in addition to the monthly salary to their, to their employees without any deductions. The bonus is therefore not subject to any tax or social security contributions. This is the possibility for companies to take care of their employees without any additional costs to be paid on top of the bonus. And also the whole amount that the employers pay will reach and benefit their employees. Um, furthermore, German employees face, of course, high energy costs. And besides multiple campaigns of the government to save energy in the daily life, a further bonus had been introduced already in 2022 the uh, so-called energy lump sum uh, with the amount of 300 euros minus tax deductions was to be paid to every employee by their employer. Um, but this bonus was actually paid out by the employer too, but the costs were here taken over by the government in the end. 
Oh, that's interesting, Victoria. I can see um, from what you said that um, German employers and your clients are facing uh, the same pressures as in the UK um, and interesting that they get the extra administrative point uh, with processing those um, energy support costs. Um, just wondering as well, do you think you might start to see more redundancies and restructuring um, arising in Germany as well? Yeah, definitely. We actually already now see more redundancies than we have seen in the past, and we even see mass dismissals. So we are already in the middle of the change that you are seeing in the way for the UK. Um, so absolutely correct, yes. And on the theme of well-being, also in Germany, there are a few legislative reforms planned. Um, since the Federal Labor Court ruled in September 2022 that it is mandatory for every business to track the working time, the Ministry of Labor is working currently on a draft legislation to adapt the Working Hours Act to this ruling. And concerning employment contracts, the changes of the Verification Act also have a great impact on the day-to-day -day business. Employers are now obliged to point out the key terms and conditions of the employment relationship to their employees in writing, which means they have to provide actually a hard copy with wet ink. And this applies to every new employment relationship and needs to be provided by the employer without a request of the employee. Employment relationships which already existed before um, the updated Verification Act, so before 1st August 2022, are entitled to receive such an information upon request, which of course means means a high um, administrative administrative effort. Great, thanks, Victoria, and uh, really appreciate your highlighting those developments for employers to look out for. Uh, we do have similar obligations already in the UK to provide employees and workers with a key statement of their terms and conditions at the start of their employment. Um, in the UK, many employers fulfill this obligation by setting out everything within the employment contract. Um, and interestingly, these rules were actually only very recently revised back in 2020 to widen the scope of the obligation. And it sounds like that will be the case in Germany. Um, it does really remain an important area in the UK for employers as well to check you're complying with the domestic legal requirements. Um, actually, just moving on to you, Stefano, does Victoria's and my experience reflect what you're also seeing in Italy? Uh, I would say yes, uh, because uh, due to the difficult economic climate, redundancies seem to be a prevalent theme also in Italy in several forms. I'm referring in particular to individual and collective dismissals, delocalization of businesses, senior management dismissals, performance-related dismissals. Uh, and this said, uh, also Italian government is seeking to mitigate the effects of this through legislative reforms in terms of discounts and social contribution, as well as the taxation of bonuses and cost of living support payments. But uh, to be frank, this will take time and we are not seeing uh, related tangible effects so far on the Italian employment market. Thanks, Stefano. You know, that again is reflecting the picture we're also seeing in the UK. Um, as I mentioned, we anticipate that despite measures introduced to support individuals and businesses, redundancies and restructuring will become um, more inevitable. Um, with the movement of employees, are you also seeing issues around business protection and retention of talent in Italy? Uh, well, yes, definitely. Uh, and, and I would say that uh, also business protection and talent retention are definitely, are becoming definitely hot topics with skilled employees quoting for salaries which are beyond the employer's budget quite often 
and more teams moving between competitors. And, and this scenario uh, is already bringing an increase in mitigation cases we are dealing with. Um, furthermore, uh, new ways of working through hybrid models or more substantive move to working with people located in different places of work, also in different countries with all the connected implication, remains on most uh, frequent employers' requirements, uh, as well as ESG topics, for example, shaping uh, inclusion and diversity models to enable recruitment and retention of more diverse talents, uh, incentivize sustainability, lower carbon emissions and inclusivity and diversity, looking at variable remuneration and linking with ESG-driven goals. Um, and well, there's a trend also which is placing employee welfare at the heart of the procurement decision and reshaping, reshaping in general policies and procedures with the greater focus on ESG. This is what we are registering also. Great. Thank you, Stefano. I think it's very clear that the issues you've raised do sound similar to the ones that um, both Victoria and myself are experiencing um, in, in the UK and Germany. Actually, I just wanted to pick up on the ESG point, which of course covers environment, social and governance values. Um, this is some, certainly something we have been looking closely at in the UK, and we are seeing our clients increasingly introducing or adapting their employment strategies and policies to meet their values in those respects. Um, for example, we're starting to see in the UK more requests for employment policies to support environmental targets and behaviours. And we are also seeing emerging areas of diversity being reflected in equal opportunities and other related policies. As you've mentioned in Italy, um, in the UK, uh, welfare also continues to remain high on the business agenda um, as we adapt to new ways of working and the impacts of the current financial climate. Um, so thank you, Victoria and Stefano, and to all of you for joining us today. I think it's clear that the picture across our countries is a similar one as we emerge from the COVID pandemic and face new challenges the current economic and political environment brings. It's also really useful to remember that employers must remain alert to the specific rules which apply in each jurisdiction in which they operate. And while we may see common issues, there will inevitably be differences in the legal requirements in place when addressing them. We will be exploring these issues further at our annual international um, employment event later this spring. So please do look out for further details on that to sign up. And um, thank you for listening and please do join our next podcast.